At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time on KCLR with myself, Eddie Scally. Over tonight's one hour, we're going to be catching up with Richie Power, former Kilkenny hurling legend, to discuss yesterday's All-Ireland final, All final between Limerick and Cork. We'll be catching up with young Goran jockey Dylan Clare, who had his first winner in the saddle for Emmett Mullins at the weekend. So it's a great start for Dylan's career, and we'll be catching up with him a little bit later on. But up first, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by our own Anya Fahey, who of course was calling the Kilkenny Wexford game for us at the weekend. Anya, how's things? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, I was I was delighted to get to watch. I got to watch the Kilkenny Wexford match on 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 Saturday. Kilkenny, an explosive start to the game, Anya. They certainly had. They came out all guns blazing, uh, just so aggressive in the first half. Picked off some amazing scores just there. The way they were just passing the ball, taking that extra second to just look up and, you know, see if there was a player in a better position. Some of the scores that they got were just absolutely outrageous. Um, and they really, they just looked so hungry. And I think a lot of that kind of maybe went back to how they kind of lost the last group of the, the last game in the group stages against Galway. They were probably um, quite hurt over that. And, you know, they were kind of taking it out on Wexford on the day, who, you know, unfortunately for Wexford, Wexford they were probably going to be very disappointed with that. But they probably did get the toughest, the toughest draw when it came to a quarter final. But Kilkenny undoubtedly were the, the better team on the day and that it was all down to a first half performance Yeah, just, just on the Kilkenny team because like going into the game I was kind of hearing you know whispers that you know Wexford could be a potential banana skin you know they could be a, a, a tricky opponent but the other thing that was being suggested was that Kilkenny's season hasn't been going as wonderfully as people would like but I'm kind of looking at it thinking they've won the National League they're the current All-Ireland champions yet they didn't top the group but is that is that something that the, the camp is starting to feel that maybe people are, are kind of suggesting they're, they're not as fluid as they were last year? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, the girls are so used to competing in All-Ireland Finals and always competing at the top level that they, they're really just focusing more so on themselves. They're not kind of letting the whispers, like, get into their head and they're just kind of, they're taking every game as it comes. I suppose from a regard of, you know, have they been playing well, I, we kind of all have high expectations of them. Um, they probably weren't overly tested in the group stages, bar the Galway game. You know, they you know they had a smooth sailing against Clare. You know, found it a little bit more difficult against Westmead, but eventually pulled away in the second half. You know, Galway was the big was the big um, big game for them, and they just you know they ran out losers in that game. And then you know they had a very it was an easy quarter final for them. I think they're peaking now at the right time. I feel like Kilkenny have been just training extremely hard over the last couple of weeks and they're, if they're gunning for an All-Ireland semi-final that's where they want to be and I think this is where we're going to really see them peak. I also think the bigger the opposition the better Kilkenny play as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, like, I wouldn't be too overly concerned about them yet but I do think they're, they're peaking just at the right time. And just, just on the game itself, um, you know, Kellyanne Doyle was, was very, very unlucky um, 
with the with the collision with Sarah O'Connor. Um, I know Sarah probably caught her a little bit late. She was booked for the for the initial incident, but she looked in a lot of stress. You know, she was quite distressed coming off the field. Like I was very worried watching it. Um, have have we had any update on that injury or, or or what is the prospects there? Like she was having a brilliant game. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Like just the runs that she's able to make up that wing and just set up scores for the forwards and just her positioning of the ball and positioning on the field then as well is just it's it's great to see um, great to see from her you know she did take a, um, a heavy knock we haven't ha- heard anything yet um, what way she is I'm sure Nicola and um, Dr. Martin O'Brien are probably looking at her and keeping close eye on her to make sure she's going to be okay I'd say it could be a call later on in the week as to whether she'll take part in uh, next weekend's All-Ireland semi-final if she doesn't It'll be a massive loss, but there's girls just capable to step in there. You know, she's been in such hard luck coming back from doing her cruciate, you know, to play in the All-Ireland semi-final last year against Cork and Parky Cueve to kind of get her first couple of minutes back in championship. And, you know, she did an interview during the week and she said she was crying with such emotion because she didn't think she'd get back to play at that top level. And just a heartbreak to see her having to come off the pitch the other day after that, um, after that knock. You know, it was devastating for her, but hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we'll hear some positive news during the week and she'll be ready to go again for Sunday. Yeah, hopefully. I, I suppose I can't not ask you about the, the red card. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like you were there live. It wasn't something I didn't look back on it a couple of times. I haven't had a chance to really study it. Um, is it, a, was it a straight red? You know, was is it a red card or is it something that Kilkenny might have to look at and see if they want to appeal this? Like, you know, I think Kilkenny are definitely going to appeal it. I think it would be an awful pity for Mary. Um, to lose out on a position um, on the panel for an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, it probably was the right call. Um, you know, maybe just a moment of, you know, tensions rising and just being anxious or whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm sure Kilkenny will be looking to get that overturned. And, you know, I'm sure the Camogie Association will look at the fact that over the last couple of years it has happened in the hurling that people have got a red card in quarterfinal or semi-final and has been rescinded. So we're hoping that they will follow through and kind of follow in the, in the steps of the GA and um, overturn that red card. You know, my heart goes out to Miriam. She had been such um, a steady back for the girls throughout the whole league campaign. Um, you know, started against Clare and, you know, maybe kind of wasn't motoring too well, but I know she's just working so hard to try and get back there. So it would be absolutely devastating for her. She's by no means a dirty player at all. You would very rarely see her um, pull a dirty stroke or anything like that. So, you know, I do think it was just maybe anxiousness, like maybe like over willing to get out and get out on the pitch and play. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything will be okay and Kilkenny will certainly appeal that. Oh, man, it'd be great if it could be overturned. You don't want to see anyone missing out after the year's work that have put in. Um, the other question before I switch to the minors on it, um, she was just far enough away from the goal that it wouldn't worry Wexford, but Anne Dalton as sub-goalkeeper as a last call, a last-minute call, really... Um, you know, I've heard the the Kilkenny keeper, the subkeeper, picked up a knocker, rolled an ankle, and Anne was drafted in late. And can you put any light on exactly what was going on there? Oh, okay, for my opinion, uh, yeah, Emma Cavanaugh, unfortunately, she did pick up an injury. Um, she is going to be gone for the rest of the year. Um, from what I could gather, like Brian and the lads, they're not going to want to bring in somebody so late on in the season. At the end of the day when this injury happened it could have meant that they only had a fortnight left in championship so you're not going to probably bring in someone overly new I suppose there was talks of you know wouldn't the intermediate goalie go up why would they for the fact that the intermediates have an All-Ireland semi-final themselves and I'm sure the goalie and sub-goalie for the intermediates will be wanting to concentrate on that as well 
And then who else do you bring in? You know, Anne Dalton. Yes, she has stepped away at it, but she has been at every game. She's still in close contact with all the girls. So, you know, I would like to have Anne Dalton coming back. I know as a manager, you might find it difficult to turn around to things during the melting pot 10 minutes to go and see the best player in the country sitting on the bench. But I think Dalton is doing this for the love of Camogie and she's not going to let Kilkenny Camogie down. And, you know, maybe a strange call to some people, but just the nature and the unity of that Kilkenny Camogie team it was probably the, the easiest call that Brian has to make, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a fair point well made. The, you you kind of did load the gun for me to, to fire this bullet at you, but if they're losing by a point with six minutes to go against Cork and you Van Dalton sitting on the bench, do you leave her there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a hard one. Like, as a manager, you kind of think, you know, yeah, you'd have to bring her in. But then on the other side of it, would, you know, Dalton probably hasn't been training with them at all, really only in the last maybe two weeks or so, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, is she going to be up to that level? Yeah, she probably would. She'll probably hurl anybody off still um, still to this day, like regardless of she, whether she's been training at that top level. Um, it would be a hard call to make. I hope they don't have to make that call. I hope it will be nice and plain sailing for them. But, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if she'd come in. I don't think she would. Um so we'll have to wait and see if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been on that line, aren't you? And, and I've no doubt in my mind you'd be throwing her onto the field if you needed her. Um, and I know I'd be the same as well. Um, needs must, I think. The other team I yeah. want to talk to you about was our, our Miners. What a wonderful win for, for, for the Camogie Miners. 127 to 18 against Limerick. Like That's an absolutely unbelievable score. Oh, it's crazy scoring. Um, they're just, they're such a really good team this year. And that's all down to their management team, Mick Wall and all the lads. They have them just in such great condition. It's just the way that they're playing. Like, for a minor team to rock up with 27 points, it's it's just absolutely outrageous. Um, so, like, fair play to them. Brilliant result. Really got the kind of the ball on going for the, the seniors later on that evening. Ashton McCarty and Amy Clifford um, sharing a load of scores there throughout the game. Um, but, yeah, brilliant. They're now playing Galway in an All-Ireland semi-final on the 28th of August. So it'll be a new test for them. But I do feel like they're getting stronger as they go along. I watched them against Wexford. And they have six forwards that are absolutely just dynamite. They are so pacey. And they can just take scores from anywhere. I wouldn't like to be a defence trying to ta- trying to hold them. I wouldn't. You wouldn't know which one nearly to man mark because they're all just as equally as capable of each as each other. Um, but what a score! And it would be great to get them into an All Ireland final as well. You know, Kilkenny come up doing so well this year. We've had the mi- we've had the under 16s in an All Ireland final. Our minors are in an All Ireland semi final. Our intermediates are in an All Ireland semi final on Saturday, and seniors are in an All Ireland semi final as well on Sunday. So it would be great to get them all pushed over the line and get them all to an All-Ireland final. No, you're 100% right and this is obviously going to be a massive weekend for, for Kilkenny Camogie with three All-Ireland semi-finals. I'll say you'll be you'll be hoarse come Monday from, from all the shouting and roaring on you. Oh, we certainly will. So we'll probably start off with the first one on uh, Saturday with the Intermediates. They're going to be playing Mead. The group stages were done last night. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they get on in that. They played Mead in the um, league quarter final and were literally pipped the last minute uh, by a goal that, you know, it just it broke their hearts. Um, last puck of the ball and it's devastating for them so I know that they'll probably have that little bit of revenge built up to get back to them especially when it comes to championship 
So that'll be an exciting battle. Um, we're hoping that it is going to be in Nolan Park. There was talks of it, now there's talks of being moved around. So if it's in Nolan Park, I'd encourage as many people to get in and support them as possible. So it would be great to see them put over. Yeah, and so say all of us. Anya, I look forward to talking to you next Monday when we will hopefully be talking about three Kilkenny teams qualifying for All-Ireland Finals. Hopefully, that's the aim anyway. We'll see how it goes. No, that's brilliant. Thanks a million, Anya. That is, of course, our own Anya Fahey there from does all the great column with Martin there for the Kilkenny Camogie games. And, and what a year it's been so far for Kilkenny Camogie. As Anya pointed out, our under-16s beaten in an All-Ireland final. And now we've got our minors and our intermediates and our seniors all about to contest All-Ireland semi-finals. So congratulations to Sheila and all the committee and all the team in there. Brian and his mentors, Mick Wall, all of the lads on, on a wonderful job that they're doing with Kilkenny Camogie. And we will be roaring them on with pride at the weekend. We're going to take a quick ad break right there. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally. Just yesterday in Crow Park, we seen what can only be described as a masterclass from Limerick in the All-Ireland Final against Cork, running up a score of three goals and 32 points to one goal and 22 points. Now, joining me on the line to try and make sense of it all is our own Richie Power. Richie, how good was that? Um, I suppose all you can really say, Eddie, is well, you know. Um I didn't think Limerick. I didn't think it was possible for Limerick to um, outdo their second half performance against Tipperary. But you know, it was just it was awesome. It really, really was. From the minute the ball was thrown into the to the seventy fourth, seventy fifth minute, it was just outstanding. Like from a first half display, Richie, kind of like you're, you're sitting watching that game, and you know you've played in high battles and high intensities. Like, have you ever seen a team firing over three goals and eighteen points in the first half of a match? I don't know. I, I haven't, Eddie, and to be honest, like three eighteen, like it, it's an amazing statistic to think like the, the, the score they had at half time would have won the actual game, um, you know. And, and that's that's frightening. Like three eighteen would win most championship games, um, but I suppose with the way I think with the way Hurling has gone and, and with the high scoring games we have now, you know, it probably wasn't a shock to see him do it. But you know, it was just I think everything that could go right went right for him on the day, but. And you know, like the reason it went right was because they were so well prepared and so well tuned and ready. You know, I suppose all the talk was about Cork in the build up to the final and you know, will they bring the intensity, will they bring the speed and did they have what it takes to, to beat Limerick? And I think that just played into Limerick's hands, to be honest. And just just on it, Richie, because like, you know, you can't you can't look at a game like that and analyse it and not talk about the team that's been beaten here, but like Cork would be really disappointed with their own performance. I mean you know, you have to say it's it's great. We can celebrate Limerick and say they were wonderful, but like Cork were quite poor yesterday. Yeah, look, they they were. Um, I suppose the start. I suppose the first five ten minutes of the game was was a real humdinger, like for, from a neutral's point of view. But I suppose, look, Eddie, like it's you know it's no different. I suppose maybe to Watford in two thousand and eight, like Watford. You know, you can't you can't judge a team just on one game, and and this Cork team certainly won't be on on yesterday's performance, but. I suppose they, they didn't bring what everyone was expecting them to bring and I think that's that would be the disappointing thing from a Cork perspective. Um, you know, I don't know would Cork have been able to beat Limerick yesterday, even if they did bring their A game, I don't think they would have. But I do yeah, you're right, they will be disappointed with their own performance. But as I said, you just come up against a team on a day like yesterday against Limerick. No matter what you do or no matter what you try, it, it wasn't going to be good enough. Yeah, and just like 
just looking at the Limerick player ratings, like you know, and you can see it during the game when you're watching it. But like, I think Limerick had now it's 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 very similar to the situation when 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 Kilkenny with yourselves and them in 2008 gave Waterford that trounce and that day, you know, the next day in the papers, the, the Kilkenny ratings were like nine. Like the Kilkenny player that had a nightmare probably got an eight. Um, yeah, and it's it's a similar situation uh, with today's game. But but it's just one of the factors from the game from yesterday that I just wonder: Did you look at it or have you any thought on like Cork were playing with a sweeper? yesterday as they have done all year they've played a sweeper in front of their full back line but I, I, I didn't see the full back line getting any protection at all I mean the, the, the Limerick full forward line actually had a field day yesterday yeah and I, I think you know they did they played with a sweeper to a certain extent but at times Mark Corman did pick up Keen Lynch you know whether that was part of Kieran Kingston's plan I don't know but you're, you're right in what you're saying no there was no protection there was absolutely no protection um, to the Cork full back line and the, the Limerick full forward line had a, had a field day but I think that all comes from Limerick's approach play as well Eddie like you know like they're so well tuned um, you know I, I've heard so many people talk about this Paul Canark and I, I don't think I've actually seen it until the last kind of this year I've really seen the, the difference that he brings to it you know and um, I just think that the ball that they give into the forward line you know it's very very hard to defend against it I think I think if Cork had eight or nine defenders yesterday, I still think they wouldn't have been able to defend against it. Yeah, it's it's like the, the point that you make about the ball going in, like, and you know yourself, and you're playing inside and corner forward in a specialist position like that. If you get good supply, you'll do damage. But yeah, like you know, you try and congest the middle third of the field. Like I, I'm not saying like I'll manage Kilkenny next year and we'll beat Limerick, but you know, you do try and congest that middle third of the field, and I'm sure that's what Cork's game plan would have been yesterday was, you know, hassle the the Limerick half back line midfield and half forward yeah. and to ensure that there's not that easy ball coming in. or But the Limerick, I don't know how to do it, Richie. It seems like they have an eternity on the ball whenever they get it. They always seem to be in space, be able to look up, steady themselves and, and, and drill the low balls in or whatever type of ball they want. Like, I mean, you look at Peter Casey, Seamus Flanagan and Galan yesterday. I mean, in that first half, every ball that went in, it seemed to be 75-25 in their favour. Like, Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, look, I'm sure when Kieran Kingston and, and his selectors you know, sit down and analyse it, they, you know, they probably will realise they got it wrong. Like, they didn't give protection and what they should have done is, you know, maybe come with a game plan to, to be in the game, you know, up to the 50, 55 minute mark and then, you know, bring on pace and then kind of go at Limerick. But they just, for me, they went out to play their own game and they tried to, wide, you know, widen things out and, you know, play their game and their, their running game. But they were just running into a brick wall every time they, they hit the sharp puckouts. Like, Limerick's, Limerick's hunger yesterday, like you'd swear they were going to try and win their first All Ireland in, in 50 years. It was just, it was phenomenal um, to look at their work rate uh, yesterday. And they kept it going until the 75th, 76th minutes. And, you know, when you come up, as I said, when you come up against a team like that, I don't think, you know, no matter what game plan you have, it just kind of somewhat goes out the window. Um, you know, and I think maybe with Cork it did, you know, with the, the rate that the game kind of started, they kind of said, right, we'll, we'll, we'll go at these guys, we'll attack them and we'll try and outscore them, which I think is was their mentality. And for me, it was the real wrong mentality to go in with um, against this Limerick team. For me, you need to be in the game. You need to start, obviously, quickly, but you need to be in the game come 50, 55 minutes um, and then go at them. But yesterday, the game was over after 20, 25 minutes. And, Richie, just just kind of taking on one of the, the points that was made after the game, I just watched Garrod Hegarty being interviewed and... I can't remember who was interviewing him, but they said something along the lines of, you know, that was an almost perfect performance by Limerick. Now, Garrod himself, you know, I was watching him more than most players yesterday, and 
you know, he missed a goal chance in the first half that he'd be disappointed about. He hit two or three bad wides. I've seen Aaron Galang getting on to him about not letting the ball in quicker. He was shooting from distance. Yeah. But <clears throat> the point that when, whichever one of the people that was asking him the question said to him, you know, it was near perfect performance. His, his instant reaction was, he said, look, it was a very good performance, but I'm sure um, John and Paul and the lads will have an awful lot to say about that. And I kind of thought to myself, and I, I want to bring you back to this, He he's saying that these lads are going to look at that All-Ireland final win yesterday and they're going to analyse it and they're going to say, right, Garrod, you did a great game, but you've done this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, and you need to improve on that. Now, I just wondered, you've won multiple All-Irelands, you've been, you've been very lucky and you've been, you've been a, a brilliant ambassador for the game. Like, when you win your All-Ireland, like after you beat Waterford that day, I don't believe for one second that Brian Cody was sitting down with you in the corner of City West Hotel with a laptop open saying right Richie this is what went right and what went wrong and if he was yeah. I'd say he wasn't getting much of a reaction but like is that what's going to happen with that now? Um, I I think it, it, it possibly will Eddie but I don't look it's not going to be done you know yesterday or today or tomorrow you know they probably will you know in the, in the coming weeks or months or when they get back to pre-season maybe look at it and see like no matter how perfect the performance may be there's always areas to improve like you know there's no there's no player perfect, there's no team perfect, there's there's little things, I'm sure, you know, the likes of the goal they conceded, they look at that, maybe there should have been covered to, to get across, you know, so there is little things like that, but I know what you're saying, like, in, in the aftermath of such a great victory, you should be just talking, you know, about the celebrations and, and what it means, but I think that's just the way this Limerick team is driven, Eddie, and, uh, you know, it, it's a scary proposition to think that you know, I think, I don't know who on the television yesterday was going through, you know, ages of people. And, you know, the, the likes of Sean Finn, 25, possibly winning his fourth All-Star this year. Keane Lynch, 25, 26. Like, they're they're still a young team. And it's that's the scary thing about these guys. Um, they're a young team. You know, they've won under 21 All-Irelands. They've now won three senior All-Irelands. And to be honest, the... The future is is what they want it to be and what they're what they're going to make it. And I've no doubt John John Kiley and Paul Kinnock will be, you know, probably won't be this week, but come next week or the week after, they'll be planning for next year already. And you know, that's just the way the winning. That's what winning kind of does to you. It's a, it's the winning mentality. And for hurling itself, Richie, like I mean, people are drawing comparisons to the team you played on with this the Limerick team. Like they're comparing it to you guys. I think they've a bit of a road to go yet um, before they're drawn in that. I had a lad today said it to me. He said, "You know, this is the greatest hurling team of all time." And I said, "You know, I'll bump into fifteen people in Kilkenny next week that have eight All Ireland medals or nine or ten All Ireland medals in their back pockets." I said, "These lads, you know, they've 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 won three, and, and without question, they're a fabulous team. But they've a bit of a road to travel yet." But you were part of a team that was being lauded in the same way as these that it looked like it was never going to end you know you were going to be winning All-Irelands forever and it'd be just Kilkenny would just win the All-Ireland every year like the gap is there is a big gap now from Limerick to the rest of the chasing pack and what do they need to do to close that gap Richie? Um, see the, the thing about this gap Eddie is like this gap started 10-15 years ago in Limerick when, when they decided to put in an underage structure and an academy down in Limerick like this this didn't happen overnight and that's the worrying thing we, we, we saw it this week with, with Cork they, they've won two under 20s and one minor All-Ireland in the last six weeks and because they've gone down the same route as maybe the Limericks have so you know it's I don't know how you, you close the gap to be honest I, I think it's you know, teams will be probably going back to pre-season in December, January, looking at Limerick and how do we beat Limerick and, you know, trying to come up with a game plan of, of how to beat Limerick. And to be honest, I think it's it, it's just 
every team to themselves needs to get back to the to, to the basics. Um, you know, and I think a lot of counties maybe need to look at their underage structure to kind of you know plan for success in whether it be seven, eight, ten years' time rather than instant success. You know, and I think that's what Limerick have done, and now they're now they're seeing the reward the rewards for that. And like. It's just on one of the points because I, I, I watched it in, say in Wexford, Davy Fitzgerald come in and put in a sweeper system and then you've seen about nine club teams in Wexford playing with a sweeper because Wexford had gotten yeah. an initial reaction from it. Um, Kilkenny kind of famously had the system that they always played to which was a very orthodox system. Uh, is every team in the country going to be targeting their half forward line and trying to get six, seven foot tall men and hammer long balls up to them lads? And You know, it's, like, it's not really a... Like Limerick's blueprint seems to be very similar to your own that it's savage work rate. Yeah, and that's what it is. You know, it's savage work rate. And, like, look, at the end of the day, like, there's only one team that's played with a sweeper that's won in All-Ireland, and that was clear in 2013, Eddie. Like, you know, there's no team since then, you know, won in All-Ireland with a sweeper. And, you know, sweepers, you can you can say what you want about them. Some teams can play it well, some teams can't. But at the end of the day, it comes down to pure savagery and work rate. And if you don't have that, well, then... You know, you, that's that's the foundation for any for any good team and any great team that you know might be. And Limerick, Limerick have that. And as I said, you know, it's where those guys were going out to win their first All Ireland yesterday, and it was their third in, in four years. You know, like they they will say that they should have been going for four in a row, but you know, obviously Kilkenny beat them in 2019. But you know, I think, as I said, I think it comes from years and years of planning in Limerick that they're now seeing the fruits of their their labour and. You know, you know. I think other counties are probably going to look at that now. And if if some counties don't have that process in place, I think they'll be certainly looking at getting it in place over the next twelve to, to eighteen months and and plan for the future because I think that's what needs to be done. Um, and with regards to next year and trying to stop Limerick, you know, as I said, it, it's just everyone gets back to the the training field in December, January, and you know, you put in the hard work and you, and you try to you try to get to their level because they've certainly rolled the bar and it, it's, it's very, very high. And when you see just, and it's the last question I'll put to you, it's just when you see some of the players that have stepped away, like I, I looked at the betting halfway through the match yesterday for next year's All-Ireland, Limerick are installed as 8-13 to 13 favourites. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's at half-time in, in this year's All-Ireland final. There's a lot of, lot of road to be covered yet, but Galway were installed as second favourites at 6-1 at, at to one or something, and then it goes... Uh, Limerick and Tip, or sorry, Kilkenny and Tip at around eights or nines, and then Waterford around fourteens. But like, I'm looking at Galway. Joe Canning has stepped away now from the fold. Um, you see Mar stepping away from Tipperary. Like, if you're Richie Power and you're 31 or 32 years of age, and you're looking at this Limerick team, is it now in your head that you're thinking, oh, do I want to go back for another year? Like, conceivably, we can't beat these. We won't win this. Or is it I need to get back and give it one more year? Do you, can you see a lot of older players kind of saying, look, it's time to pass down the, the mantle to, to, to the young lads? Um, quite possibly you could you, you, you could and you might see more retirements over the over the, the months you know I whether whether it's in Kilkenny or, or Tip or Galway I'm, I'm not so sure but I don't think players will make the decision on on this Limerick team I think they'll they'll solely make the decision on themselves their personal their personal lives um, whether it be family or you know their bodies or their you know whether it be injuries or, or whatever but um, I don't think the Limerick team will have a you know a process in that um, decision, but I do think you know there will be retirements, and it's just about moving on from that. And you know, a lot of guys, as you said there, you mentioned Joe Canning, you mentioned Brendan Maher, the amount of miles that they have on the clock, Eddie, is is frightening. And you know they've given so much, so many years to the jersey. 
you know, in a way you can't blame a chap from, you know, maybe thinking, you know, I've I've given so much, it's time to start living my life or enjoying my life and because it is, it, the commitment nowadays, it's it's even gone up a notch since I was hurling and that's only five years ago. So, like, the commitment now that guys are giving to, to a county jersey is, is absolutely phenomenal and, you know, it does take its toll on the body mentally and physically and I think that's what the, that's what will come down to at the end of the day when, when players do make that decision. 100% Richie. So, it's a case of we just have to celebrate Lex, Limerick's brilliance for the next couple of years and, and, and hope that everybody can close the gap then. Um, yeah, look, uh, I think they've, as I said, they've, they've, they've set the bar incredibly high, Eddie, and, you know, it's it's the, it's up to the teams that are below them now to try and close that gap, and it's not going to be an easy job looking at looking at that performance yesterday and, and looking at the, the average age of that team as well, but look, it, it happens to the best of them, you see Dublin this year as well, and, you know, no different to Kilkenny as well back in the back when we were winning as well so you know teams teams can be beaten um, and I've no doubt this Limerick team will be at some stage but you know you're you're hoping it's, it'll be next year by by a Kilkenny or, or, or that but um, look only time will tell I suppose Richie thanks a million as always for, for taking the time out for having a chat with me there it's been a pleasure no bother Eddie cheers for that that is of course Richie Power former Kilkenny Hurland legend and a fair summation of what Limerick are doing at the moment in Hurling and Richie is so right in what he's saying it's the foundations that Limerick have put in is is the biggest one there they've put in a structure within Limerick you do hear a lot of people associating it back to JP McManus's um, financial backing of the county boards and whatnot. but at the end of the day county boards get money and it's up to them to use them correctly and in fairness to Limerick I think they should be applauded for the conveyor belt of hurlers that they've been bringing through and hopefully all the other counties can, can up their ante and we'll be in for an All-Ireland final in a couple of years' time where the final score will probably be 4.27 to 4.26. Who knows at the rate these lads are shooting from. It could be goalkeepers popping balls over the bar by the end of this century. Who knows? But anyway, a wonderful All-Ireland final yesterday and congratulations to any of our listeners from Limerick or those that were shouting for Limerick on, on a brilliant performance there and we're going to take an ad break right there. For you. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at La Hartz, The home of Volkswagen Inkle and you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. We're going to switch our attentions away from all things GEA now and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined on the line by a fellow Goran man who had a, a brilliant weekend there, Dylan Clare. Dylan, good evening. Well, how are you, Eddie? I'm very good, thanks, Dylan. I'm not probably as good as you. You must have been absolutely thrilled at the weekend. Uh, I'm on cloud nine, so yeah. No, good man yourself. For anyone that doesn't know, of course, Dylan Clare is a jockey down in Emmett Mullins's yard, based in Gorn, and you had your first winner on Shirokoville in the Adair Manor Opportunity Handicap Hurdle, uh, Division 1 of that race. How did the race go for you? Uh, everything fell into place. It was great, and it worked out brilliantly, so it and had uh, like the horse went off as a joint favourite uh, deal, so it was obviously pretty well fancied. So travelling down to Killarney, were you were you travelling down with a lot of confidence in the stomach? Yeah, I was, I was nervous, but I was kind of hoping that she would run well. Anyway. And, and 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 the race itself, as you said, it, it it did go to plan. You didn't have any change of plans halfway no. around or anything. No, everything went plan. I didn't have to change anything. She jumped great and everything. And great. and Emmett himself, he's been a he's been a brilliant supporter of you uh, since you started. I think you're with him about four or five years. But like he's he, he's probably a really good guy to work for for you. Oh, he's top class. So he is. He he taught me everything, and he he, he taught me how to work hard. And yeah, so he was good. 
and the colours you were riding out on the day of course is uh, Paul Byrne uh, I don't know if Paul was on the, on, on the phone to you there Paul is I like to see him as the young JP McManus he's a he's a, he's a shrewdy as well but were you talking yeah. to Paul after the winner ending? Yeah he texted me there congratulations so I was and, and Dylan for yourself you know you're riding out there four years that's I don't know it must be up near your 20th ride on the track is it? Uh, no, it's only my ninth there, I think it was. Wow. So yeah. you have a fairly decent strike rate. Like, you'd have a fairly better strike rate than, say, Paul Townend or Ruby Walsh if you were to pull the show I, up today. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would. If I keep it like that now. And... Dylan, just, just with the lads in the weigh room there that are around you, obviously I know you, you'd know the lads in Willie's yard very, very well. Are they are, are they are they good to kind of help you out and kind of coach you along? Yeah, Brian Hayes, Patrick Mullins and Danny and all them, and they all teach me everything there and the good cracks up there. And, and, and what next, Dylan? Like, is this, you know, are you going to head down now and try and get yourself yeah. 50 or 100 winners or what's the plan? That's the plan. I try to go up there and get as much winners as I can enjoy myself. And I, I, I'd be shot if I didn't ask at the end there, but uh, I'm sure um, Jiggy and, and, and Catherine and Jim, I'm sure there was a nice little party for you on Saturday night, was there? Oh, there was a massive party, so it was nice to have it, so I'll go back to you. And then back up this morning at 6 o'clock riding out again? Yeah, I was back, back in work again this morning, back to normal. And I'd say no, no ears and graces down there, I'd say you were just told to get up on the horse, keep the head down and yeah, do your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Had to do, go back to reality. No, well, Dylan, from from everybody here in in, in KCR and from everybody in Gorm, we're all very proud of you there, and we hope that's the start of 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 Manny, and we can all say we got to see you riding your first, and hopefully we get to see you riding your thousandth before you're finished. Hopefully, hopefully, now, Eddie. No, well done. Thanks a million, Dylan, Thank for you. taking the call. No problem. Thank Cheers. You. That is, of course, Dylan Cleary. It is first winner at the weekend there for, for Emmett Mullins. It was his birthday, actually, last week as well. He turned 20. So congrats to Dylan and, of course, all his family, Catherine, Jim, Jiggy, uh, Susie, Connor, the whole lot of the lads would be Mikey. Every one of them would be absolutely thrilled. They're, they're horse racing mad. And, and in fairness to Dylan, he's a he's a wonderful guy. And it's, 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 it's brilliant to see him getting his just rewards with his first winner. And hopefully it's his first of many. Before I take an ad break, I'm just going to bring you up to date with some of the scores from this weekend's uh, games in the JJ Cavan and Sons. Junior F Hurling Championship semi-final we had Tuller Ross Burkin 2 goals and 11 points Pilltown 1 goal and 17 points um, in the Country Style Foods Junior D Hurling Championship semi-final it was Blacks and Whites 1 goal and 19 points Kilmacow 1 goal and 17 points in the JJ Cavan and Sons Junior B Hurling Championship semi-final St. Lockton's 2-13 Dixborough 2-21 on Friday in the Ivoric Produce Junior C Hurling Championship semi-finals Pilltown were winners of 4-18 to 3-11 against Wine Gap and in the Country Style Foods Junior D semi-final Mooncoin were beaten on a score of 1 goal and seventeen po- or 7 points to 2 goals and 16 points and on Sunday the 22nd of August the scores from the Junior A Championship we had Mooncoin 2-14 Carrick Shock 19 points in the JJ Cavan and Sons Junior E Hurling Championship Aaron's own 4-6 Roar Inishtig 20 points and also in the Junior E it was Dixborough 11 points Liz Downey one nineteen. both semi-finals there in the Junior F Dunhamagan beat Glenmore 2 goals and 18 points to one goal and nine and in the JJ Kavanagh and Sons B Hurling Championship semi-final it was Bennett's Bridge 217 Conaghy Shamrocks 
two, three goals and 20 points. I won't even try to bring you up to date on all the failing and no scores from the weekend, but I will say congratulations to everybody involved in the under-15 failing and no in Kilkenny. There was hundreds of games played all over the county, huge amounts of volunteers involved and everybody. So well done to all the players, mentors and volunteers on making that a brilliant weekend for GAA in this county. And last but not least, in the JJ Cavanagh and Sons Senior Hurling Championship in Carlow, it was Nave Mullock, 20 points, Mount Leinster Rangers, 2 goals and 21 points. And Ballinkillen, 13 points, Bagnastown Gales, 2 goals and 17 points. The charge from Bagnastown Gales continues. They really are turning up this year in the championship and they're a very exciting side to watch. Who knows where they'll take them. After this break now, we'll be coming back and we'll be talking all things Aussie rules. And you're very welcome back. Well, next weekend we get to see the real business end of the Aussie Rules Championship and our own Aussie Rules mad DJ sitting in front of me here now. Owen has had a, a weekend of just sport trying to squeeze in Aussie Rules games between uh, GEA matches and All-Ireland Finals. Owen, what way are we shaping up down in Australia? Yeah, it's it's finally at the uh, business end now, or or uh, as we might say during the Kilkenny Championship, you know, the, 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 this is the first round proper. This is where things get really, really uh, into the serious side of things. We've had the last of the group games, and to be honest, uh, you know, the Tyrone County Board thought they had problems. You know, the AFL, I have to say fair play to them for, for getting the season completed and without any break, because I mean, I, I, I've literally been up late uh, some weekends waiting for a certain match and then you'd get the AFL news update that match has actually been cancelled that's going to be on tomorrow because they have to move it interstate it's been a crazy year because of Covid and everything else but we're finally at that stage and uh, we get to the finals week one this weekend Port Adelaide versus Geelong Cats that's the first game up uh, I've been impressed with Port this season but um, to be honest I'm tipping Geelong for the final uh, to be in the final at least so I'm, I'm, I'm going for Geelong in that one uh, Saturday we have a real derby uh, uh, we have a real derby on our hands Sydney Swans versus uh, GWS that, that would be Greater Western Sydney so they were one of the clubs that uh, you know if you're if not quite familiar with AFL we would have called them the, the uh, developmental clubs when the AFL was, was uh, transitioning from the VFL uh, you know they put money into, into this club in Greater Western Sydney so now you have a serious derby on your hands uh, the Swans versus the Giants uh, have to go for the Swans in this one even though I, fair play to, to Greater Western for uh, making the top 8 I didn't think they would about four weeks ago but they did um, but uh, I have to go for the Swans in that one Melbourne versus Brisbane Melbourne have been leading the, leading the way uh, all year really uh, and they've been at the top of the ladder so I'm going for Melbourne in this one and to be honest before you even ask me on, on, on what would be my tip for the grand final I'd have to go for Geelong and Melbourne really uh, Bulldogs and Essendon then is the final the final game on the Sunday Eddie uh, at least from finals week one uh, and uh, if you're up for it it's, up, it's on at 6.20 in the morning how do you feel about that? Uh, it's the last game, like you know, it's the last game. It's the last game. Is it? I, I'm not going to be getting up at six twenty in the morning to watch it. I find it hard to get up out of bed at six twenty in the morning to watch an Irish Olympic boxer. Uh, never mind uh, the Aussie rules. But the most important thing, Owen, is that you're enjoying it. But like as you said, in Australia, they they really are. You know, they're finding it tough to run these seasons off with uh, the whole COVID thing. I mean, it's this been is crazy. last second stuff. Like, Oh, no, we're talking last second. Um, you, you know, we'd be literally, there would be, you know, guys analysing what they've seen from, from the previous game, uh, building up to the next game. And they get breaking news that, uh, you know, um, that the, pla- the places we can't, we can't hold this game today. We're going to have to move it either to next weekend or tomorrow. There's been a couple of weekends like that. I have been amazed that they've got through 
the season on scale because not just that not just talking about the the certain areas of 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 high covid that have been in australia you've had players coming down with it as well they've had to, the teams have had to rejig uh, clubs have had to do all sorts of things it's been a crazy year but they've got the season through and uh, we're getting finals week on time and uh, I think it's going to be a cracker. I'm looking forward to the grand final. I hope it's going to be a cracker. No, it's absolutely brilliant. Owen, thanks a million for that there. Uh, and, and and rightly so, it's great for the people of Australia as well to give them a bit of a list. They are mad into the Aussie rules and it's great to have it. That's all I've got time for tonight on Full Time. I'd just like to say a thank you to Dylan Clare and congratulations to him again on his first winner as a jockey this weekend. He, I was shocked to hear he only had nine rides so far and he said one winner. So his strike rate, as I'd said to him, is absolutely phenomenal. So onwards and upwards for, for, for young Dylan. Uh, also thank you to Richie Power for really shining light on, on how powerful this Kilkenny Hurland juggernaut is at the moment or the Limerick juggernaut I should say and, and what the rest of these counties need to do to get up and close that gap and of course Anya Fahey for talking all things Camogie with us that's all I have time for tonight on it just the last thing is just to wish all our Paralympians the very best wishes in the Paralympics which starts tomorrow in Tokyo and we wish them all very very well your temperatures right now in Carlo it's 21 and in Kilkenny it's a beautiful 22 degrees that's all I've got time for tonight. Zero percent finance, one hundred percent confidence. With a two one two Volkswagen Atlas Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all electric ID three, the iconic Golf, and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at twelve ninety nine per month. Visit LahartsVolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.